Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 20 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Sunday, March 8th. Daylight savings time started, which is a bummer because we lost an hour of sleep. But it's also International Women's Day, so shout out to all my fellow awesome women. Today is for us. And here we are, ready to provide you with another Dynamite recap. We're a little late. Um, We had a busy week. We're back on a Sunday recording. Um, Yeah, we recorded the other podcast kind of late, so we don't want to force it too early. We want you to get an opportunity to listen to the Revolution recap. But we are trying to get back on an earlier schedule, so next week we'll try to record Friday or Saturday. Yeah, we'll get back to the normal release date, but we didn't want to push it too tight with the Revolution recap. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, though, we do actually have a couple questions to answer this week. First up comes from Miguel from Twitter, and he asked if we can talk about the national treasure, Hangman Adam Page, and why he's a star. Well, I think when you look at Adam Page, you kind of have to come full circle a little bit, right back from the beginning of AEW. Immediately when Adam Page signed with AEW, they touted him as a guy, arguably the best wrestler, or the best up-and-coming wrestler they had. Cody said it, Tony Khan said it, they had a lot of momentum behind Adam Page. They invested a lot in him. They invested a lot in him. And, you know, of course, people who read dirt sheets and read rumor sheets, they know that, you know, he had offers from NXT or WWE to be hot-shotted, kind of, you know, you you got a a full-time pay on, on the NXT roster, etc., guaranteed championships, whatever. So, I mean, he was sought after. He's a known commodity. Obviously, on the indies, some people, they didn't like him. But in AEW, they say, listen, this is the guy. This is going to be the guy going forward. He has a huge future. and He's, he's so arguably young. the best wrestler, right? He's athletic. Mm-hmm. So, Adam Page, I think, was foothold for success. Now, in the WWE, when something like this happens, the fans immediately reject said individual wrestler, a la Roman Reigns. Because push down your throat. It's shoved down your throat. Now, what AEW does best, even if it's selecting, of course, because everybody knows how wrestling works, you select who you want as your top star, or at, at the moment you think it's going to draw you some money, bring in some ratings. So John Moxley is the world champion. But what happens with John Moxley and what happens with AEW is they don't consistently shove... John Moxley down your throat. You get your segment a week with your world champion. You get your segment a week with your number one guy, their guy, and that's what you get. Adam Page, he came out last week. He flipped over the rope. He clotheslined him, Jake Hager, and he left. Simple. You're not getting oversaturation. Rhea Ripley, extremely popular. She started to get over organically, naturally. They built her up to the NXT Women's Championship. And then she's on Monday Night Raw and Wednesday and Friday and the pay-per-view and all over the headlines and all over the logos and all over the advertisements. And it gets shoved down your throat. 
Yeah, we've we've talked about this before with Hangman getting over so organically. He had a lot given to him at, at the start of AEW. He won the Casino Battle Royale at And people Double or started Nothing. to kind of reject him a little bit. Yep, he was in the first AEW World Championship match. He won the Diamond Diamond Dozen Battle Royale with MJF to fight for the uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring. Um, so he definitely had has had quite a career thus far. And but like you mentioned, quite a few accolades, yeah. People did sort of start to turn, but we didn't get too much too soon. No, and that's what they did so well. They they established that Adam Page is going to be a main event level player. He's main eventing a pay-per-view at All Out against Chris Jericho. That's there's only been four pay-per-views. Yeah. And the main events have been Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and Adam Page. Yeah. So Adam Page is right in that category, right in that class. Sold a pay-per-view. The fans kind of felt maybe, uh, you know, he's going to get this title. And a lot of people, you look back and you say, well, you know, Jericho's the right one. I knew Jericho was going to win. But there were people out there, including myself, who kind of thought maybe they'll go in that AJ Styles direction. Maybe yeah. they'll give the young talent the championship. They won't go with the Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was the right decision. You it had was... a meltdown, though. <laughs> he hit the Judas effect. It was unexpected. Like, no! I, I'm not prepared for yeah. the Judas effect. I don't, I don't build the matches for this brand new maneuver. At the time, I'm, I'm the used time, to the Judas yeah. effect. But at the time, I mean, I've seen the Judas effect once. Because, I mean, Jericho didn't work Fighter Fest, didn't work Fight for the Fallen. So he came from, and he didn't use it in New Japan. So he came from Double or Nothing with that damn Judas effect, which on Kenny Omega was the first time I believe he debuted it. So it wasn't done to the fullest effect, I guess. When, when he hit it, it wasn't that dramatic moment of, oh, he finished Kenny Omega. Not like the one he just hit on Darby. This no, past not like that week. one. But he hits the one on Adam Page, and it came out of nowhere because I thought Adam Page was going to win this match. And he got Judas effect. as a perfect counter move. It was it was well done. It was a very good match. But they started to reject him, but AEW didn't push him. They didn't give him the world title. Then they dialed him back. He had a few with Pac. They put him on television. He worked every single week, get you familiar with him, and they slowly developed the character. And now Adam Page is the next superstar of AEW. But you don't want to push it. People want him to get up and gear up. Hey, it's John Ma You don't want to push it. Soon. But you just don't want to push it. But he is, I want to call him a homegrown superstar. He is one of their homegrown superstars. Uh, we were talking about this earlier this week. He's so relatable. He, uh, I was having a conversation with, uh, with Rob on Twitter. And, you know, he's like, Hangman is not necessarily full gear. Sort of the black sheep of the friend group. Has a drinking problem. There's stuff that you can relate to in one way or another with Hangman where... He doesn't seem too out of reach. Yeah, and the box is kind of larger. And I, and I mean this, and again, it's not a negative, but there's the TV-14, TV-PG aspect. It's not about blood and guts. It's about cowboy shit. It's about cowboy shit. When you have a TV-14 program, you can give a little more depth to the character. You can open up a little more of the personal lines, right? Because life isn't TVPG. Because life is not TVPG. Life is not a Disney movie. Right. And in order to do that, you have to have a little more wiggle room. And everybody always associates TV-14 to mature audiences and to, to blood and guts, the way that you saw in ECW, you saw in the Attitude Era, you saw lewdness. It's not about that. 
It's about the depth of character, a little farther you can reach, a little farther you can punch. The stories matter a little bit more because MJF can hit Cody a little deeper. The cuts are a little deeper. TV-14 gives you that realm. And I think that's helped all of the characters in AEW. But I do think it helped Adam Page. What would Adam Page be without cowboy shit? And what would he be without stealing people's beers and drinking them through the audience? He'd be the Street Profits with empty red cups. It's not the same effect. I like the Street Profits. I mean, it was a fun gimmick. But it's not the same effect as the deep connection you can have with drunken Adam Page. Yeah. So That's we why love he's a superstar. It. I love Adam Page. We love it. Uh, he was kind of like my guy from day one. Yeah, you were a huge Hangman fan. You were your my Hangman first AEW t-shirt. To you every got that event. for me at uh, the Starcast for Double or Nothing. Yep. I brought my well, a bunch of New Japan shirts. I think I was going to wear an Okada shirt, I believe, but I did wear a New Japan shirt. I wore yeah, the you girl got me that, and I said, you know what? I don't like to wear T-shirts before I wash them. I'm I'm kind of a person like that. I don't like to use anything before I wash it, whether or not it's a towel or a T-shirt or a sweatshirt, whatever. So you got me that. We were there at Starcast. I couldn't really wash it. We were at the Mandalay Bay Hotel. I don't know what the hell we, we met do. Hangman. We did meet Hangman. We did yeah. meet Hangman that but weekend. I said, you know what? Screw it. Put it on, and I that's the that's only your shirt one. show. Your my show shirt. shirt. Show. <laughs> that's your show shirt. My shirt show. That's my shirt show. <laughs> Everybody. It was the first AEW Hangman shirt. But Hangman has a very bright future. Uh, I think he's the future of wrestling. I've said that before. And uh, really looking forward to what's to come for him. So thank you for that, Miguel. Next couple questions come from JRJ McClure. First thing he asked is Do you think. Jericho will be written off TV for a while due to the upcoming Fozzie tour. And along with that, maybe will they do an angle at Blood and Guts? I definitely think he is going to be written off. They hinted at it last week on Dynamite. I thought maybe it would have happened there. And of course it didn't because the Lasex gods won the match. But I, I do feel like something is coming where he may be off TV for a little bit. They hinted that, that he was going to be written off television last week. They did the 60-day thing with John Moxley, and they jumped him. And I think that was a really good way, because the fans knew Fozzie was coming. Yeah. And they kind of acknowledged that, and they hinted toward it, and then they turned back. They're like, nah, nah, he's not leaving anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Except, I do think he's not going to be as prominent. And I think the blood and guts is a good spot to kind of make him less prominent. Maybe yeah. not write him off, but give him less responsibility. And it's possible that if he misses a week or so, it won't really matter as much anymore as it did prior. Because now he's not the world champion, and the blood and guts can be a reason why that happens. You're right. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be gone, but I do think... Because he is essential to the television. He is, and I would expect to see him at Double or Nothing. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, after blood and guts, he's maybe, like you said, maybe not written off altogether, but not on every dynamite. Right. There there may be episodes he misses for prior obligations, so which is Fozzie. Fozzie. Fozzie rocks. Yeah, they're pretty good. Hell yeah. Not a concert guy, but going on a cruise ship, watch some concerts. Fozzie was fun. They were they were good. They, they were good. a great show. And they're good people, really nice people. They really are. Um we had some nice conversations with some we Fozzie did. members. Yeah. Uh, next question from JRJ was, did it seem like they might be hinting towards a Hager versus Mox title match? And if so, thoughts? Now, 
when we were gearing up for the Mox championship match at Revolution, we saw him go through every member of the inner circle. We saw him go through Sammy, through Ortiz, and through Santana, and then, of course, Jericho at the pay-per-view. I expected to see Hager somewhere in the mix because he went through every other member. Uh, So I think this is an interesting question. Maybe we didn't get it then because we're going to be getting it in the future. It is interesting in the way that you pose it. I never thought about it. I never thought about Jake Hager not fighting John Moxley. But now you have John Moxley. He's the world champion. He's gone through Chris Jericho, like you said. He went through Sammy Guevara. He went to th- he went through Santana. Went through Ortiz. Santana was the double eye patch match. Mm-hmm. Hager comes off a big win against Dustin at the pay per view. He's going to be fighting in the Blood and Guts match that was announced today. That literally was announced 15 minutes ago. The yep. Inner Circle versus the Elite in the War Games or the, the Blood and Guts match at in Newark. Mm-hmm. So Hager, I think, is going to be wrestling a lot more, and maybe he'll be used to fill that Jericho void if he's going to. Maybe be... he will be, and that's that's a good thought. You know, instead of forcing the Jericho leadership role if he's not going to be prominently around, maybe Jake Hager will fill kind of that dad role that he plays for Sammy Guevara in the same sense. I mean, the, the person who they look up to, the leader of the inner circle, right. kind of the right-hand man. I mean, that that's the man he trusts. That's the big hurt. Yeah. That's the guy he comes out with. So maybe that's possible. Can they sell a pay-per-view with Jake Hager versus John Moxley main event for the AEW world title? And we've talked about before, we always give AEW a clean slate. You give these guys a brand new slate, we'll see what happens. I think the pay-per-view is going to sell regardless, but you're going to have to build Hager as a monster. I agree. We He's haven't have to seen get Lesnar. too much of him in the ring yet. Uh, we know his background. I, I know what he's capable of. But in terms of his AEW character, what has Hager done so far? I'm not against no. watching Jake Hager develop into a beast. No, 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 me either. Me either. I'm not but ready it, for Moxley to lose the championship at Double or Nothing. Oh, definitely not. And I think that I'm not ready. They were teasing MJF. I'm not ready for MJF. He's not ready yet. He's young. He just got his first level of prominence. I don't want to see him lose to John Moxley. I also don't know yet if MJF can sell that pay-per-view. Jake Hager has household name. He is a Bellator fighter. He was Jack Swagger, Swagger Nation. But I don't know if MJF is ready yet. One year from today, I think MJF is more than ready. MJF, Adam Page, a year from today, more than ready. But at this point, I don't really know if MJF is a better option than a guy like Jake Hager. I agree that Hager would be the better choice right now. Um, Or Pac. Or Pac. Pac for sure. Um... I just think we we need a bit more story there with Hager in terms of, like you said, building him as that monster. We know what he can do, but let's let's see that. And he's he, a former world champion. Of course. It's not like he's not accomplished. So, oh, no, no, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. No, no, he's an Elimination Chamber winner. He's won world championships. He's He's been to WrestleMania and fought for world championships. But he's only had two matches. Right. I need him to... Do a little two bit matches more. as a new character. Yeah. Two matches after the MMA. So with Jake Hager, with John Moxley, that's a good matchup. That's a good idea, JRJ. It's not something I thought of. But with the MJF, the tease of the MJF, I just think it's too early to put MJF into that situation. 
And it doesn't have anything to do against MJF because he's very talented. But there comes a time where there's somebody who's so young, somebody who may not deserve to get to that level yet. And I think that's MJF. But teasing that MJF, kind of baiting the MJF that he wants to be there, and then maybe having somebody else come out and go after MJF, and then they feud it double or nothing because he stops MJF from reaching Moxley, that could be cool. Pac still needs his rubber match against Mox, so I mean, I would like to see him be next in line, but I like the idea of Hager. Just Death Triangle. Death Triangle. We'll be Death talking triangle. about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, but Hager's a great idea. I think it would work really well, but when wins and losses matter, he needs to work his way to the top of the... Yeah, the and he has to do it convincingly. Yeah. They have to sell him kind of like Brock Lesnar. So, using that, We'll see, but I'm not against Jake Hager. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, really great questions. Thank you guys so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. At Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram. You can message us on Gmail, but the questions are great. Comments are great. We love answering them. So what do you think, JRJ? Anybody else? What do you guys think? Who should John Moxley face next at Double or Nothing? Yeah, any feedback on the questions asked? Let's keep the conversation going, guys. But with that, uh, we will go ahead and get started with this week's recap. And the show opened up with the Moxman. Coming out to a very hot crowd. Uh, his first show as champion. That belt looks great, doesn't oh, it? Looks it so good. I mean, Chris Jericho made the belt look awesome. Chris Jericho wore those ridiculous jackets. They all matched the whole thing. Chris Jericho made that world championship look great. But man... A big gold belt, you can never go wrong. Looks great on Mox. It looks great. And he looks so happy, which just makes me happy. Um, he starts the show with this very heartfelt Moxman promo. It was very similar to what he cut at Revolution, but I didn't mind the repetition because this is his mantra. I mean, AEW is for the fans. This championship is for the fans. We're doing this together. And in the event that you didn't catch Revolution and you're watching Dynamite. I mean, you everyone deserved to hear this promo, to, to hear his thoughts. It was a great promo. You're right. It was a great promo. The crowd was hot for it. Moxley, as they always say, there's there's good chasers and not great champions. Some people are better chasing the belt than they are winning the belt. I thought the type of story they wrote for John Moxley and the inner circle, I thought was really well done that keeps Moxley in that almost chasing, yet he's the champion. Because he's outnumbered by the because inner he's outnumbered. circle. And they used that, they built sympathy for him, he's a baby face, and it kept the inner circle extremely strong. But that's the end of the night. But in this one, I thought the inner circle promo was great. I mean, the whole segment was an A. Absolutely. It was a great segment. It was a good promo. Great way to start the show. It was a good way to start the show, yeah. It's different. Again, sometimes they open with a match, sometimes they open. I like the... It's not the same every week. Yeah, the unpredictability of, of the flow of the show. I don't always have to open with a 20-minute promo, but sometimes I like to. I like it coming from Mox also because he's not always a man of many words. <laughs> no, and, and he's done a great job of opening up and kind of developing this character of... I know I'm going to become the face of AEW. And we saw him talk in all the interviews, and he's one-on-one -on -one with these individuals. He did Bleacher Report in Uninterrupted or, or whatever it is. and On the cruise. And yeah, just... and stuff that he just didn't do in WWE. So it's he was assuming that role, he was accepting that role, and hopefully we get 
more championship runs from John Moxley. I don't want to see the same type of like ROH style where you know it, it's you get the championship once and it moves hands and it moves hands. I do want to see people get the belt back. I think it's it's interesting. It gives you a, a different twist on it. So I mean, hopefully we see Moxley in AEW and we see him hold it multiple times. I certainly hope so. Uh, but it was an A great way to start the show and we'll come back around to this at the end of the night when we talk about Sammy and Jericho Lay Sex Gods versus uh, Karaoke Crew Darby and Mox. Next match of the night or the first match of the night rather was SCU and Colt Cabana Colt making his uh, AEW Dynamite debut Uh. versus the Dark Order. So SCU always very talented always very fun great way to open a show great Opening match, they they call them curtain jerkers, but they're not. I mean, SCU is awesome. I mean, it was a good way to do the pre-show, the buy-in for Revolution. I SCU is great. They were they were good champions. Uh, Dark Order teased the Exalted One. People kind of expected the Exalted One. I'm gonna pose you the question: Do you think it was a mistake that the Exalted One did not debut on the show after the pay-per-view? A mistake. Um... The crowd's hot. The audience, I mean, there's, there's almost a million viewers on television. You know that people are going to be tuning in to see the fallout because not everybody bought the pay-per-view. It's just normal. It was the, the traditional way of, of the way it works. So I, I'm going to say no because I still don't know who it is. I mean, uh, on Wednesday, we had Matt Hardy drop the conclusion of Free the Delete, ending with... Well, I believe it was the conclusion part one. I believe that's what he said. So I believe there's going to be two parts to this conclusion, but well, it's it, still going. It's yeah, I mean, it's yeah. still going. But you know, bucks of youth, I knew you'd come. Put the internet <laughs> on in, fire, right? Uh, on fire. Um, I was like flipping out at work because even though you like knew that that was probably what was going to happen, especially if you were keeping up with the whole uh, free the delete series and and the backstory, you don't really know. So it was great to see them reunited, but. Was that going to happen on Dynamite? Is he the exalted one? Is it going to be Lance Archer? Is it Christopher Daniels? I mean, I I still don't know who it is. Now, Evil Uno, my guy, I'm on an Evil Uno kick right now. He's killing it on Twitter. He said that the exalted one was going to be very upset with the outcome of that match because that was not what was supposed to happen. Um, So that's all I can tell you. The exalted one's pissed off somewhere, but I don't know who it is. Who is Evil Uno? Evil Uno is Evil Uno. Do you remember that? Someone asked him. Somebody <laughs> asked. They put a poll up on Twitter. You you can check it out. It's on one of Evil Uno's tweets, and it's a response, and it's, who is Evil Uno? Is it Matt Hardy? Is it Lance Archer? And, and just, who do you mean, who is Evil Uno? Evil Uno <laughs> is Evil Uno. Is Uno. Evil Uno. <laughs> I don't understand this. I mean... I love the guy. Evil Uno. Yeah, he's we'll funny. Never, he's he's, he's we'll witty. Never he's funny. He's <laughs> Um, you know, but the thing about Dark Order, what they do so well, like I've told you before, I, I like the diversity of the tag teams. Let's let's involve Silver and Reynolds. Let's get different versions of the four of these main wrestlers. Like, yeah, Uno and Reynolds. Or, yeah, I, or... I like this. I like the iteration of it. There's there's a bunch of tag teams, and, and there may be more, but I like the multiverse I guess that they have it it doesn't matter what their traditional or standard tags are I liked seeing four all four of them in this match together I liked that it's unique there's not many groups out there that have four legitimate two different tag teams within the same 
faction. Right. I mean, outside of the elite right now, right? But other than that, I mean, this was good. I liked this. This was interesting. And, and of course, they're going to add some more people. Even if it is Brandon Cutler, it'll get him to do something. If he, Even for if he sure. just joins. I'm not saying he's the exalted one. That's not what I was going for. But if he just joins the, the Dark Order and he's involved in some way, shape, or form, it does make sense. He's involved in it. It gives him something to do. People have been crapping kind of recently on all the factions. You know, everybody's tied together. I mean, it's in real life. When you yeah. go to work or you go to school or, or you go anywhere, There's you have friends, everywhere. you have groups, people that you're connected to, people that you would rather be with than somebody else, right? So it's the same thing in wrestling when you have these groups it's like you know i don't want to say high school but it, it there's cliques it's it's like fraternities i mean you got these family members that you go to war with that you share a bond over fighting the same people and you learn to group together you look at what happened with pack and the lucha brothers that'll happen a little later on but it's something that it makes sense yeah it definitely does it's natural uh, I mean, us with our New Japan experience, everyone there is in a faction. So I think that also brings us comfort. But I just, I think it makes sense. I think these factions, there's a lot of them, a lot more than New Japan. So it makes them all feel a little more intimate. You know, like with Chaos, when you, you know, like you got Rapungi 3K. Yeah. And like those guys are intimate. Rocky, Yo, Sho, that's, that's involved. But then you got guys like Ishii, right? And it's not that Ishii, it just, he feels like he doesn't do anything with the rest of them. So I guess I think there's only there's what there's three or four main factions. Yeah, and then everybody's just kind of in them. interwoven into all of them. Yeah, but, you know when you look at, like the Bullet Club, the Bullet Club does a good job of of pretty diversifying the way that they use there. You know, got that the Real's Destiny, the great tag team, but then you got you know Chase Owens and Fale with with Jado. They they kind of group together a little bit, and they all feel Bullet they, Club. Yeah, and, and when they when they tag together, even if it's Jay White and like Fale, which I would love to see that combination. Fale yeah. come back as kind of like the muscle. Yeah. But like even if that's the thing, you kind of believe it. You see it like the way that they did Jericho and Sammy Guevara. It just fit really really well together. For Jericho sure. and the Big Hurt. Sammy Guevara and the Big Hurt. I love watching Sammy with the Big Hurt. I think that that just for some reason makes Sammy feel so much more important. Because he's got that muscle Because he's got, he's got mm-hmm. Jake Hager who could be fighting John Moxley. We don't know. But he could be. Yeah. The way that JRJ kind of posed that theory. Now Sammy Guevara becomes more legit. I like that. I like the way the inner circle's been working. I like the way the elite works. I like the way the Dark Order works. Yes. Now, going back to your original question, I don't think it was a mistake that the uh, Exalted One didn't debut this week because, again, we don't know who it is, but they can't keep this going much longer. Everyone's getting really antsy. Well, because they keep saying he's near. Exactly. It's not about the Exalted One's coming or the Exalted... They're saying he's near. They've been saying he's near for like three weeks. Like, he's right or here. Like, he's here. Yeah. So where is he? Yeah, he's got he's got to be here soon. I mean, like, next couple weeks... We, right. we have that, to see him. That's kind of what I was going with. I, I think we have to see him at some point. And, you know, otherwise this match, it was fine. It was a B-. minus. I think Colt Cabana looked really sharp. When was the last time that he was on... National television? Like this, yeah. I don't really follow Colt Cabana's career. I feel like it's been a long time. Don't I quote me on that. I tend but... to avoid Colt Cabana's career. I know, you're not the biggest fan of him. But I thought he looked great. Yeah, actually, everyone was really he did, receptive he did, he did look, to he did him. Really well. He did look good. And I think that he's going to be a great addition to the roster. What Dark Order does so well, just it, it's my watching it. It's it's Silver is jacked. 
I mean, I, I need like a fitness routine from this guy because I mean, he is—he's got an incredible look. He's not the tallest guy, but I mean, physique-wise, he's—he looks great. But what the Dark Order does so well, which is so underspelled in wrestling, is that they sell so well. And I know, oh, they got a jobber group. Of course, they got to sell well. But they put guys like they—they they sell these moves so well. They take them so well. Stu Grayson—he's excellent. But I mean, these guys like Silver and Reynolds—they they sell these moves perfectly. And I watched it and Reynolds took a movie. It was, it was flawless. It was great. They are very talented and underappreciated. Undervalued. I agree. I agree. This was followed up with Big Swole versus Leva Bates. This was short and sweet. I thought Swole looked really dominant. It was, it was, a, it was a squash match. I don't know if it was needed for television. I think you could have sold or told the same story on Dark. I hear you. Because we didn't have Nyla come out. But at the same time... They're Baker and Tony. The dream team right that there. That happened right there. That's good stuff. Um, I hear you. But at the same time, it looks like Swole may be next in line. So I think yeah, like it had yeah. to be on They're TV. building her up, obviously. So I do think that... I'm interested in that. I like Big Swole. Yeah. I just thought that the segment itself kind of felt like... You knew it was going to be a squash. So why do we put it on national television? I guess Some squashes to... work, but this wasn't like Nyla beating Leva Bates, where you put Nyla over as the beast. But then what other women's match would they have had if Swole's next in line? Yeah, I you're right, and I kind of felt the same way. We haven't seen a car sheet in a minute, but I know I felt a lot of people kind of crapped on the episode that you know they're shitting on the episode, saying, "Hey, listen, you know this is not a great episode." They just came off a pay per view. I meant to say that at the beginning. In terms of in-ring action, this was fine, but this was a very story-driven episode, it building is, off I, the pay-per-view. I love promos, and I love stories. It's, 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 it's who I am. Yeah. And I like wrestling, of course. Everybody likes wrestling. I like to see the action in the ring. It's why I'm very connected to what Cody does. I, I like the way that Cody works his matches. I like building that story and then watching the blow-up. I enjoy yeah. that. because what's wrestling without story? What's wrestling without story? Just so I thought, that, I mean, the, the Tony and the Brit stuff, that was very entertaining. Big Swole versus Leva Bates was a C-. I mean, it was what it was. It was short and sweet. Swole got a dominant win, and it's another win under her belt. Yeah. But speaking of story and speaking of Cody, this was arguably the biggest thing to happen in the night. Uh, Cody, it was the best segment in the night. Yeah, completely yeah. unexpected too. Um, Cody comes out to, to talk about his loss at Revolution. He wants to face MJF man to man. I didn't know that Cody moonlighted as Castiel. Very impressive. Yeah, um, very in support in of his the downtime, look. Right. It was amazing. But Cody's interrupted by Jake the Snake Roberts. Two things on this before we get into it. A lot of props to the audience because I remember a couple years ago when Jake the Snake came out in Raw and, you know, got zero reaction. And the audience popped hard for him. And that's great. That's awesome. Good for that. And the second thing is I just really enjoy the way that AEW is using the Legends comparative to the WWE. It's not just a nostalgia pop. They don't have to pretend to be the same old character that they always were because in life you adapt and life changes. Yeah. And these guys come out and they're valued. Whether or not it's being a manager, that's fine. There's no reason... Managers, we always look at managers as being not important because for some reason WWE has shit on managers over the past couple years, except Paul, outside of Paul. But... 
That's because Paul is just so good at what he does. And he's a great speaker. And you really don't want to give Brock Lesnar the mic all the time. So Paul handles that so well. And they've been paired together forever. But what they do, what they did with Arn Anderson, what they did with Tully Blanchard, what they do now with Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake the Snake is such a promo, man. I mean, the guy is a fucking promo. This was unbelievable. Yeah, but taking a guy, not having to have him come out with a fucking bag and a snake in it, not having him wear the same outfit and given the same shtick, he's an evolved human being. He's gone through a lot of life events, and he sold that. Yeah, and you he's bring different. him in because of his wisdom. As you get older, you get wiser. And Who doesn't want Jake the Snake cutting promos for you? I loved it. I, uh, just If you haven't seen it, go watch it because it was absolutely incredible. Jake concludes the promo. I mean, well, first he's talking about how Cody is Caesar and he's going to bring the end to to Cody. And, and you never turn your back on a man you respect. Or a man you fear. And he turns his back on Cody, tosses the mic in the air. With a mic leaves. flip over the head. Not a mic drop, a, a mic, mic flip. flip. Oh my God! And Cody, Cody's like what he didn't the have hell? words. He didn't need words. Mm-mm. Jake the Snake shows up. He has a client. He's bringing to AEW. We don't know who that is. Could be Lance Archer. Could be Brody Lee. Could be either of those guys. Could be somebody completely different. Could be Brian Cage. It won't be, but it could be. No, who who knows? But he brings in one of these guys. Going to be a client. Who doesn't want Jake the Snake Roberts as your manager? Jake the Snake said something very important. Everything he said was very important. But what he said was, I brought the snake to the ring, and immediately you're thinking about the snake, which means I already beat you, right? Your head's already on the snake, means your head's not on me. Jake the Snake adds that element, even if it's Lance Archer. When Jake the Snake comes out, you're paying attention to Jake the Snake. Now guess what? Lance Archer's the murder hawk, right? And Lance Archer had the best year that Lance Archer's ever had. I was thoroughly impressed with the work that Lance Archer put on this year. Absolutely. 2019. Not 2019. 2019, last year. That was the best year of Lance Archer's career. He's, he's white hot. I'm excited for this. If it is Lance Archer. If it's Brody Lee, I'm more excited because Brody's a guy that has had such great work and so underappreciated. I don't think either of them need Jake. I think they can both do it on their own. But like you said, just having him there adds that extra element. I think you're right. In my gut, when I watch it, I don't think that right now Lance Archer needs it. I think he had a great year last year. He can do it on his own. People know who he is. He's a big dude. He's the murder hawk. We, we kind of know what he can do. I feel like Brody coming out of WWE, basically not being existent for two or three years. I know. Never really able to cut his own promo. He's always part of the Wyatt family or some type of team. He almost needs it more. Just, just a little support to kind of get him back into the audience's graces because some of the audience members are going to look at this and go, oh, it's another WWE guy. It's Luke Harper. It's another WWE guy. I mean, you're familiar with him. Everybody's a WWE guy. WWE's the biggest monopoly on the planet. Yeah. Nowadays, you can't find these guys who aren't WWE guys. They say, oh, there's homegrown talents. Well, you know, some people don't think that Adam Page is a homegrown talent. I, I don't understand this. Why would he not be? Just because he worked the indies? So did Darby Allen. They all worked the indies. This is an AEW star, right? But everybody has gone through the WWE system at this point. Because if they didn't, you've probably never heard of them, and you don't know where they are. 
WWE is just so outreaching at the UK, you got the NXT, you got everything. So WWE is just so outreaching for everything. It has such a, a grasp on wrestling over the past 10 years that it's become like the evil empire of wrestling in a sense. And everybody's gone through it. Doesn't mean that they're bad. Look at WCW and WWF. You look at all those talents, and a lot of them were former WWF guys, and a lot of them were former WCW guys. They just kept swapping back and forth. As Jericho said, there's an alternative option. Not even alternative. There's just another option. If you don't like what's happening on one side of the street, you can walk across and check the other product out. Yeah, I mean, just Mox is not the same. Mox is not Dean Ambrose. Absolutely not. Luke Harper is not going to be Brody Lee if this is where he ends up. They're different. It's not just a rehash of the reject, so to speak. But the Cody promo, Jake the Snake was an A+. That was great. That was so unexpected. Took me right on my... It just knocked me off my feet. Just great. And it was great emotional, work. too, like you mentioned, because Jake had such a warm welcome. And you could just feel that as you watch the show and he he seemed a bit emotional when he got into the ring which I think added to the promo even more but it was nice to see him and completely unexpected and I'm sure we'll be seeing where this leads to in the very near future after this hot promo we had Pac versus Chucky e. T the final of the best friends trio I don't know if we're going to get our Orange Cassidy pack rubber match, but in a sense, this was our best friend's rubber match. It was another B-. minus. I mean, it was a solid match. There was nothing wrong with it. It played through the commercial. But the bigger part of this all was Orange Cassidy, again, still over, oh, still yeah? hyping up the revolution. He's the one that broke up the Trent and the Chucky e. T when he got right in the face of Pack. Yep. The Lucha Brothers came out, though. This is continuing the Best Friends feud, Lucha Brothers and Best Friends, which happened months ago. If you remember, they were doing singles competition against one another. Yeah, they were. That's a good so, point. This is all coming to a big, full, I'm assuming, a six-man tag match at some point, which is a good match. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Pack Death Triangle, or Triangle de la Muerte, or whatever Yeah, the hell we they have said. the birth of Death Triangle, Pack, Penta, and Fenix, which... That is a loaded team right there. That's a main event level six-man tag. Yeah. Now, we know they talked about on the boat, there's six-man tag titles potentially in the future. But what they've done is they've established now a couple of six-man teams. For sure. I mean, Jurassic We've discussed Express, this yeah, over the past, friends, what, a couple weeks ago. We Death did. Triangle. Uh, SCU. SCU, the elite potentially, depending, yeah, depending on, on what, what happens. happens with Hangman. Um, I guess you could do the Nightmare Family there. So You could even do, like, Proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's so much. They're planting the seeds for whatever the future brings. And Cody and could jump in with Dustin and QT Marshall if, if had be. That's why I said the Nightmare oh, Family. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, there is now a six-man tag division. Right. It seems. So that's really cool. But, but that Do team, you think it, it's a good team? I'm just going to kind of add this here. Do you think that MJF needs to add somebody else? Do you think MJF needs one other piece to this to this little Diesel to, Shawn Michaels? To or, him and Wardlow? Yeah, or do you think this is just perfect the way it is with just one and one? Could get a female valet. I think a female valet would be good. I think that would add just a different dimension to the Like Penelope group. adds so much to Kip. Exactly, and like if you get this woman 
also dressed in Burberry. You have the Burberry Brigade. I like it. I think visually it would be very appealing. Um, I don't think he needs another man to get grouped into the six-man tag division. He needs, like, Camille from, like, NWA. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I like the idea of adding a female to his group. Like, Bunny would be cool, but Bunny's with... Which is a good Butcher group, which are connected in a sense. They're hired at MJF. I like yeah. Butcher and Blade. Well, we have Butcher, Blade, and MJF next week versus Jurassic Express, I believe. Good. I think that's good. a match I, that's I, happening. That's so, good. I mean, I guess that could be a six-man tag match but or a six-man tag group, but I like the idea of Wardlow getting in the ring more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love Wardlow. But, no, I don't think MJF needs another I'm a big man. Wardlow fan. I think he needs a lady to add to his group. I think that could be cool. You're right. Good thought. Match itself, assembly of the death triangle, B minus. It is what it is. It doesn't feel thrown together. I, I know it looks thrown together, but it doesn't feel thrown together. No, especially when you the way you just broke it down, I forgot that like best friends were facing uh the Lucha Bros one on one. The, so, best, I mean, the best friends created Death Triangle, so basically, congrats to them. I mean yeah. that, that was great. Good creative group. Chucky e. T threw out a tweet. He said you know, for for all of those fans who are mad about wrestlers kicking out of like big spots, I should be your favorite wrestler because I never kick out. And I thought that was so funny and so sad. Jesus Christ, Chucky e. T, we love you. Still hasn't said shit on television. I blew it. Damn, you blew it. He Chuck. did blew it. He blew it. He did blew it. <sighs> he did blow it. I'm sorry. <laughs> he did blew it. <laughs> he blew it. Oh goodness. Um. But yeah, that was what it was. I'm very excited for the group. And moving on, we had the basically the Nightmare Family versus the Inner Circle. We had QT Marshall versus Hager. So again, great to see Hager on television. This is his second AEW match. QT Marshall's a good worker. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't mean it in the same sense as Kenny Omega. I, the, the word worker, I mean, he sells well, he puts guys over, he's a good enhancement level kind of guy. He's a lower level guy in the Nightmare family, and I like that they are trying to keep him involved and keep him incorporated. I, I like QT Marshall. I think he serves a really good purpose for AEW, obviously behind the scenes as well. But, I mean, he impressed me in the ring. As as we said before, the match with QT Marshall and Cody against Butcher and Blade was way better than it should have been. Oh, yeah. He gives you this different type of, I don't want to say a jobber match, but this different type of enhancement talent match because you're getting a real battle. Well, you you see a guy who may not look like, oh, yeah, this is, this is yeah, totally a guy who I take seriously, and yet he, he's a he, great wrestler. Yeah. And he comes out there he and he does things, but he sells well and he puts the guy over well and... Hager again. We need to see this from Hager. It just this was really the setup for the blood and guts. Again, I, I can't really grade the match higher than like a C. But the I whole segment even been given grades for this. Yeah, the, show. the whole segment's like a B minus. I mean, it set it up. Is it a little lackluster considering the elite and inner circle thing? Kind of. It didn't die out because they kept some of the blood feuds alive. You had Dustin and Hager, and you kind of kept that alive a little bit, but. It's kind of gotten to its end, so I think this is the big blowout. This is the conclusion, inner circle elite, blood and guts. I think this is the big blowout, and I think that's going to dissolve the animosity between the two groups. I agree, because we have animosity between the elite that needs to be handled. I mean, this segment... And this is going to tell... I'm I'm sure 
this blood and guts is going to tell that story. Oh, for sure. It has to. It has to. Uh, we At the end of the segment, we had basically the elite coming to the aid of of QT Marshall and the Nightmare family as the inner circle delivered a beatdown. Um, Hangman, as you hinted at too earlier, arrives. Buckshot he arrives, lariats. He brings his beer. Yep. He casually strolls down the ramp. Drunkenly way. stumbles down the ramp. Great outfit. He always wears great shirts. Hangman yeah. is... Got a great He's taste. Very handsome. Very shirts. Uh, He's got a great taste. <laughs> very good shirts. fashion sense. Hey man, casually comes down to the ring, places the beer down gingerly, nails the buckshot. I mean, perfect. Looked flip. fantastic. Looked great. Flips off Matt Jackson. Stares in the eyes of Matt Jackson, who attempts to have a few words with his friend hmm? Adam Page. Flips off Matt Jackson. Says, I'm not fucking talking to you. Grabs his beer, grabs everybody else's fucking beer, and he storms as the man of all beverages. The man of all beers. The man of all beers. He's fucking arm full of beers. It's, it's, you know, as he said, it's a hundred dollars worth. People keep giving him beer. God bless. They're purchasing these fucking beers, Give and they're just giving this beer man beer. Sponsorship. It's what he deserves. And he walks off the stage because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, Yet I mean, he does clearly because he. He came to their aid. And without Kenny Omega there... Mm-hmm. And Nick Jackson. Yeah. But Nick Jackson's not as important here Excuse as Kenny me. Omega is, in, in the sense of the Adam Page. Without Kenny Omega there, why did Adam Page come to help? See, I was thinking about this. Because there's many other times that when they haven't involved him, he hasn't come to help. Exactly. I mean, the, the one... I can't remember the exact episode, but everyone else ran out to the ring and Hangman was nowhere to be found. Now, I was thinking about this, I think, earlier today, um, as we talked about what Hangman has accomplished so far in his young AEW career. I mean, winning the Battle Royales, being in the first ever uh, World Championship main event match. You know, it is he insecure is he jealous? Is he arrogant? I mean, like, wh- where are we going with this? And well, it's, his it's connection so to the rich. elite is it is it's a really good story. It's a deep story. It gets you involved, and it's a story within a story within a story. Is anyone really good or bad here? I mean, I don't. There's I no don't real good. No, bad there isn't. It's, You're right. But the hard part to wrap your head around is why did he even come? That's the question. Is he trying to... Just to disrespect Matt? But there, there's no reason for that. I don't know. I this is he's... something that maybe they couldn't develop a little bit if they kind of identified why he did it. Because obviously he did it maybe to appease Kenny Omega. Maybe it made Kenny Omega happy. We don't know. But also maybe he doesn't even know. I mean, he's he seems to be psychologically confused and well, I mean, he's battling these... You know, there's a lot of psychological stuff going on here. I mean, he nicked through those... Or just alcoholically impaired. That also. I mean... Under the influence. Yeah. Just out there to fucking clothesline people. It's good shit, though. Maybe just hates Jake Hager. And Matt Jackson. And Matt Jackson. But next week, uh, this was announced on Twitter. I don't think it was announced on the show. We're getting lay sex gods. Uh, Maybe future tag team champions right there versus hangman and a partner a mystery partner of his choosing i don't Kenny hate is... jericho and sammy guevara's group 
No, me either. As a tag team, I think that they're good. I, I like the combination. No, I just we had them in a tag team championship match early on. A couple months ago. I like that they are still continuing this. It's a way to keep Jericho relevant. Not that he really needs a way to be relevant because he's Jericho, but it's a tag team that works and it adds depth to an already competitive and deep division. But Hangman is going to have a mystery partner. I hope Could it's Nick it be Jackson. Matt Jackson. Why why is it Nick <laughs> Jackson? Where is Nick Jackson <laughs> playing a role in this? There's no Nick Jackson. There is. Where? Next Where week. is Nick? <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Nick Jackson is not playing a role to further right the now feud in the Adam Page Matt, and Matt Jackson confrontation. Yes. <laughs> Stop with the Nick Jackson. No. Why would Nick Jackson make sense as Adam Page's <laughs> partner? Think because, about this, Ashley. Because Hangman chose Nick over Matt. Best book. Um, so no, then there was be. a main event. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to contemplate who his partner would be. You're just leaving it at Matt. John Moxley <laughs> teamed with Darby Allen to take on Lasex Gods. Lasex Gods. Which really ended up being a handicap match because Mox got destroyed in his Because I told entrance. you the story. Mm-hmm. John Moxley, if you walk out on your two feet, I will step away from AEW for 60 days. It was 30 days, but in all Jericho schisms, it's 60 days. Of course. John Moxley, if you walk out, I will walk away from AEW for 60 days. That was a good tease because of the, the Fozzie thing. The fans kind of saw it. They're like, oh, it's going to happen. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. That was a good swerve. That was a swerve in a swerve. But that was not one of those unnecessary, why did it even happen type of swerve. It was just a nice, fun play. Moxley gets jumped by a couple guys in the audience. It's the inner circle. I love the numbers game. I love the numbers game. They jump him, they drag him out. Now, this was a little long of a brawl, I thought. A little long, because it kind of felt like they were Well, because we're waiting for the match to start. Yeah, we were waiting for the match, but they're back there. They're in the aisle, I guess. No, I'm sorry. They're in the the atrium, I, whatever the hell you call the concessions area. So they're fighting in the concessions area, which is fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But they're fighting in the concessions area. And it kind of drags a little bit. And it drags a little bit. And maybe I thought, oh, well, maybe Darby's kind of like running up to come yeah. in. Somebody's going to come and help John Moxley. Nobody comes and helps John Moxley. So we got like six minutes of Moxley getting his ass kicked. Which, I mean, he's the world champion, so you got to beat him down for six minutes. But it was a weird kind of like you're waiting, you know, the camera's kind of swirling around, and you're waiting maybe to see somebody come out, and nothing happens. So that was a little like lackluster in that aspect. And it almost looked like the Proud and Powerful, it was Ortiz, I believe. It was like he kind of stepped away like he was done, but like realized, oh shit, I gotta gotta keep another garbage can to dump on him. So it was just a weird segment, but a smart segment. So Moxley's not walking out. Darby fights admirably by himself. Yeah, I thought aside from the length of the shenanigans that this whole thing worked really well, um, Darby is a star. We got Darby versus Sammy again, which I could watch forever. But like you said, he's fighting with honor for his karaoke crew. Darby puts people over really well. The, it's his size, yeah. it's his flexibility, it's he's wiggly as fuck. But 
Darby does really good things for his opponents, and and Jericho looked great in this match. Jericho was moving excellent. Uh, Darby was putting him over great. And, and again, it's wrestling is a two way street. It's takes two to tango. It takes two to tango. And I thought that was great. I thought that Darby and and Chris Jericho had really good chemistry with one another. Of course, Sammy and Darby are excellent, yeah. but that was really good. At the end, we get Mox stumbling his way through, pushing away all the medical staff to the appeasement of the crowd, which was a great moment. He kind of storms down, but gets attacked. He's beaten up, man. He's weak. Yeah, I mean, the show ends with a inner circle powerbomb, a play on the shield, putting Mox down. A good down. play on the shield. Uh, what I appreciated here was that Mox actually did not walk out of the show because yeah, there's uh, no Superman shit here. I mean, he's he's a badass. He's our champion, and he you have to do a lot to put him down. But he's outnumbered five to one. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Mox is a unique character. He's a strong character. They put him over really well in AEW, and he, he's he's a worthy champion. And I I'm really excited to see the Moxley era. I'm, I I'm looking forward to the matches he's going to have, the interactions, the unique inter like, like Moxley versus Hangman Page. Something I'm looking forward to seeing at some even point. Even tease potentially Cody. Right, I would like to see that too. Yeah, but the triple power bomb was a playback to Moxley's career, and it was such. Intricate storytelling. Everybody knows where Moxie came from. They know the Shield. One of the most dominant factions in the history of professional wrestling. And the fact that they were to say, you know, Mox, this is what you were. And we're going to put you down with who you were. And Mox doesn't want to be held down by who he was. It's the new era of Mox. This is the new world champion of John Moxley. The face of AEW. So now he's going to be even more enraged. And it, it creates this balance, good versus bad in a sense. But the bigger thing is Inner Circle, they come off very strong here. Inner Circle, they lose their world championship, but Chris Jericho and the group, they put Moxley in the ground. They put him through those double tables off the stage. And I thought that was a really good way to keep the Inner Circle extremely strong after losing the world championship. Because you know what? You could have buried the inner circle here. Mox could yeah. have come down and beat them all up and held his title up high, and guess what that would have done? Weakened Chris Jericho. And that's what I'm saying, but it didn't weaken Mox. No way! Not at all. It, because everything... Moxley's the world champion, and now you gun for the world champion. And Jericho said, you dial your ears back. You pin them back, not dial them back. You don't wind them back. But you pin your ears back, and now the inner circle has nothing to lose. Yeah. Numbers, they're, they're a dangerous, the dangerous numbers. group. And I would be hard-pressed to watch them not walk out of blood and guts, the winners. It's going to take a lot to put them down. But I, also, but with... they have nothing to lose. No, and they're also on the same page. And I'm afraid to see, like, Santana and Ortiz, and I feel like they're dangerous. Oh, this yeah. Match, this match, they might do some crazy shit. I expect blood and guts in yeah. this match. TNT is going to let them go... As as they, they he's they're going the full Monty here, right? So they're going. It's gonna be brutal, but you got a cage match. I need some blood. I expect nothing less. I love blood. But that brings us to the end of this week's Dynamite episode. Again, really story driven. It was and great. It was I love stories. A great way to I love telling stories. Build off of the pay per view and and work our way to blood and guts and then to double or nothing. 
It's my favorite thing of wrestling when you're actually invested in seeing something and you're excited to see what comes next. And, you know, the fallout... After the AEW pay-per-views, the fallouts feel like the night after WrestleMania. Because you don't know what's going to happen next because you got three more months that you have to gear a new story. And I like that anticipation of, okay, what's going to happen tonight? We can have debuts, we can have changes, we can have new challengers, etc. Yeah, and AEW keeps it so fresh where you you never actually know what they're going to do, even when you think you know what they're going to do. So it just makes it it just makes it fun to watch. And I like sitting here, you know, with the questions that were asked and with the questions we ask each other, you know, where do we think this is going to go? And and that's what, you know, we started Dojo and Dynamite and we were evaluating the matches or breaking down certain aspects of it. And I realized that AEW is so much more than just watching wrestling. Yeah, we've kind it's of changed where, where we no, started. We, we have, and, yeah. and we're, we're depicting, we're breaking down, we're telling the stories of AEW here. And I don't want to say it's story time, but it's stuff that it's more about storylines and feuds, less about, oh man, you know, Christopher Daniels did that botch. It's like, who cares? Well, that became a part of a story. I love Christopher Daniels, man. Yeah. So, who cares? It's it's not about what's happening in the ring, yeah, Big Swole against Leva Bates is not an in-ring match that I'm, like, excited to see. Well, there's certain things like the tag team match where that was just a work of art in its own sense. Yeah, and well, on pay-per-views, we broke down their, the way the match was They told, told their story in the ring, sure. but there's so much more that happens outside of the ring. I, Dynamites are like Nitros. Nitro used to fill their card with, like, 12 matches. You ever go on the WWE Network... You just kind of plug through. It's just like all these little dots. Well, they change the network now, so who the hell knows? But there used to be all these little dots because they had like 12 matches. And no one really cared about what was going on. All they cared about was what was story being told. You know, who's joining the NWO? And a couple times you got those big moments. Goldberg going over Hogan. Sting dropping down from the rafters. When is Sting going to appear tonight? Those types of stories are so exciting. And, and you get so invested in it. And, when Chris Jericho had his personal security and he kept getting the cruiserweight title back and he was screwing J.J. Dillon. And it, like, those types of things. Who cares who Jericho's even wrestling? It's so funny to see Jericho in WCW and, like, what he's bringing from the past to AEW. AEW Chris Jericho is WCW Chris Jericho. Yeah. Just so that everybody gets the the connection here, go back watch some WCW Nitro. That's going to be my flashback because I'm, I'm going to do the flashback now. Just go watch some Nitros. Go see some fun stuff. Halloween Havoc, 1995. That's not a great show. The debut of the Yeti. That's my flashback moment forever. They, 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 he threw the giant off the parking garage. Yeah, check it out. 1995 wish- Halloween <laughs> Havoc. He, they had a monster truck fight. I wish that, like, I could have, as I say, been alive. I was not, alive. Not been one years old. Yeah, and, like, fully, like, lived that moment because it's beautiful. Halloween Havoc, WCW 1995. You can check it out, WWE Network. Check out the main event. It's, like, the Dungeon of Doom, and the Giant takes on Hulk Hogan, and, like, Jimmy Hart, I think, like, turns on him or some shit, and they have a monster truck 
fight and the giant gets thrown off the parking garage but comes out anyway and the yeti comes and then he like he you know they hump hulk hogan and we got to meet the yeti we met the yeti god damn right we did because that moment is ingrained in my memory and he is a funny one of the highlights of my life he was wrapped in toilet paper yeah full gear yeti yeah he's a big Um, dude man definitely check that out if you haven't but there's not a lot of new japan news because of the coronavirus which Uh, i hope everybody's staying safe don't go out and lick subway poles or whatever the hell you guys do. Yeah, uh, it's it's scary. I don't know what's going to happen with... WrestleMania weekend, beach well, party, etc. I know. I know. It, it's, it's, it is what it is. I just hope everybody out there, you know, mindful. I know there's a lot of misinformation about the coronavirus. Listen to science. Don't get caught up in the fear. It's That's a, a lot of fear. I know it's it, a lot and of there's fear. a rightful reason to be afraid, but... There are some rational reasons, but... Stay educated, stay informed, wash your hands. Be careful for WrestleMania weekend if you're making that trip and pay attention to all the news coming out if they're canceling events. Pay attention to all that. And I know we still haven't booked our beach club or our beach club, our beach party flight because... I, I know, because I don't know if it's going to get canceled. I was canceled. waiting for prices to drop and then this happened where... Have beach party tickets, just don't have flights. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, before we conclude, since we don't have much New Japan news to talk about, I have a question for you. Going back to the Exalted One. AEW's been doing a lot of teasing uh, for who the Exalted One is. And signs point to Matt Hardy. Signs have sort of pointed to Lance Archer. And signs have also pointed to Brody Lee. Do you think that the Exalted One could be all three. You're asking me? Yeah. I thought you were asking the audience. No, I, well, this is for anyone, but I'm asking you. I thought you were leaving them with that because you kind of like concluded the show. You're like, hey, I'm going to like leave you guys with this. Answer this. Well, these are your closing thoughts and then we'll leave it, could it be for everyone three? else. No. I don't think it, I don't know well, that it makes sense, but if you like look at what they've been teasing, signs branch off to I mean, each Exalted of them. One... I mean, it's one. I mean, phenomenal but... one, but there's two. That's a reference that not anybody will get, but one will. Phenomenal one, but there's two. Exalted one, but there's three. If it's exalted one, but there's two, somebody stole something. Get on that. Someone's snitching. I'm telling you. If it's exalted one, but there's two, someone snitched. We know who it is. We know who it is. We know who that would we be. We know who you are. Your little Homer Simpson jail snitch hat on your head. But could there be more exalted ones? I, possibly. It's possible. What do you guys think? Could there be more one, more than one exalted one? I know it doesn't necessarily make sense. But Phenomenal you, one, but there's two. When you look at what they've been doing, there's no one clear path. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. This was a great episode of Dynamite in terms of storytelling. Loved it. I loved it. Me, me, I loved it. I love that kind of shit. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't give the matches grades. I didn't give the segments grades. But I mean, this is another A. I just in terms of storytelling, in terms of what they've accomplished. I didn't give the main event a grade. I'm giving it a B plus. Um, I'm just ending the show with an A. I, it wasn't wasn't their best episode, but it action packed. It was fun. I enjoyed Very it. Very fun to watch. Like that kind of stuff. Wednesdays from 8 to 10 on TNT. Wednesday Night Wings. Are what I live for and Wednesday Night Wings. But thank you all so much for listening as always. 
We will be back later this week with another Dynamite recap. Uh, we are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, or anything you want to chat about, just let us know. And uh, thank you once again. We'll see you later this week, guys.